Hey, it's James. Welcome to the podcast. I'm so glad you could be here tonight. Um, We are going to cover Matthew 10, verses 34 through 42. We will finish seeing the rest of the chapter. Um, I I do uh, praise God for the uh, additional subscribers to the YouTube channel. Um, If you haven't watched the video I did on Tuesday... Uh, just look under, look on YouTube under my name, James Paul White. Uh, you'll be able to find it. Uh, would recommend you check out uh, today's dividing line by Dr. James R. White. Uh, he uh, really did a number on uh, uh, Dr. William Lane Craig and in Molinism and explaining the uh, biblical foundation behind the things that he teaches. So, that was a great show. I was listening to it on the way home, and um, I liked it so much I'm going to listen to it again tomorrow, but hopefully I'll have opportunity to take notes and uh, glean some wisdom from Dr. White. So anyway, let's get to the text, and then we'll get to, um, I've got three points, and we'll go from there. Matthew 10, starting in verse 34, it says, Do not think I have come to bring peace on earth. I did not come to bring peace, but a sword. For I have come to set a man against his father, a daughter against her mother, and a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law, and a man's enemies will be those of his own household. He who loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. He who loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. He who does not take up Take his cross and follow me is not worthy of me. He who finds his life will lose it, and he who loses his life for my sake will find it. Verse 40. He who receives you receives me, and he who receives me receives him who sent me. He who receives a prophet in the name of a prophet shall receive a prophet's reward. He who receives a righteous man in the name of a righteous man shall receive a righteous man's reward. And whoever gives one of these little ones only a cup of cold water in the name of a disciple, surely I say to you, he shall by no means lose his reward. So there's a lot there to cover. And we'll get right into it. The first point I want to make is that there will, and we've kind of talked about this a little bit, but there's a theme throughout Matthew that there will be people that don't like what you believe. And in in this case, it's people in your own household. Um, now, it's something I didn't know until I looked it up in uh, R.C. Sproul's commentary is that he's quoting Micah 7.6, which speaks of divisions among family members in a time of turmoil. He was telling his apostles to expect the same kind of disruptions in response to their message. I'm on page 293 of his commentary. He says, Jesus himself experienced this division. His brothers did not believe in him for quite some time. Uh, John 7, 3-5. Many of you reading this book could attest to similar strains and conflicts in your families over your profession of faith in Christ. I, too, have experienced it firsthand. I became a Christian during my freshman year in college. I had grown up in the church, although it was a rather liberal church, where I was taught that the miracles of Jesus did not really happen and that Jesus did not rise from the grave. Still, I was there every Sunday because my parents made me go, and it was the center of the social life of the community. 
When I came home from college, full of excitement about becoming a Christian, I assumed my mother would be pleased to know that her son was a born-again believer. However, when I told her about my newfound faith, she was furious. Why? She took my confession of faith in Christ as a complete rejection of everything that she, my father, and their church had taught me. She said, what do you mean you became a Christian? You've always been a Christian. You grew up a Christian. We're all Christians in our household. What do you mean you just now become a Christian? She was quite angry with me. Of course, many believers experience much worse familial conflict when they come to the faith. If a Muslim becomes a Christian, he is expelled from the family. Sometimes Jewish families hold funerals for family members who embrace Christianity. Those who are raised in the Roman Catholic Church and leave it to embrace evangelical Christianity often encounter severe family opposition. Believers have a unity of faith in Christ because we share one Lord, one faith, one baptism, but the same truth that unites believers separates them from those outside the faith. So, it can happen. It will happen. Um, I'm trying to think of a way to share this, something that happened to me today. Um, how do I share this? Well, I mean, as a minister, you know, when I when I go places, people um, people know that I'm ordained. People know that, um, and I, um, I ran into somebody this morning that I introduced myself. And he basically said, "I don't need you," and I was like, "Oh, okay." And it was kind of strange because it was probably the most polite dismissal I've ever experienced. But still, it stung because, you know, when you're, when you're trying to be encouraging to somebody who's not in a good place, when you recognize the fact that this person is hurting and they need someone in their life to encourage them. But yet, they want nothing to do with what you believe. It stings. It's not fun. Now, granted, uh, I've been cussed at. I've been... Um, I'm trying to remember if I've ever been flipped off. I've never been flipped the bird yet. Um, I did have somebody recently, um, expose themselves, but that person, um, is dealing with some mental health issues. Um, I can go back to the days when I used to do open air preaching, uh, at Oklahoma State. I mean, this is like. 2003, 2004. Um, and I had some people yell. And um, I'm trying to think if somebody... Has anybody... I don't know why I'm thinking about this. I, I, if they did flip me off, I didn't see it. Uh, I do know this. 
I've run into lots and lots of people who have, um, oh, I remember one in particular. When I was a prison chaplain, a guy came into my office and he had converted to being a Muslim because in the prisons, uh, it was almost like being a member of a gang because nobody messed with them because they you knew that if you messed with one Muslim, then the rest of them were going to come after you. So there was this layer of protection. So all he had to do was go through the motions and do read the Quran and do the prayers and do all that stuff. And he had an instant family there in prison that would look out for him and take care of him and... Um, and he realized, you know, I do, I'm do. i doing all this stuff, and yet it never feels like it's enough. And that's when I explained to him what grace was, and he became a Christian. Now, he had to... Um, he had to stay away from the, the Muslims because, you know, they didn't like what he did um, some of them wanted him dead but he he did what was right and that's I, I'm just concerned that one day in America it may come to that now we're not dealing with other Religions per se, we're dealing with human. We're dealing with secular humanism in this country, and the sad part is, many Americans, even evangelical Christians, believe that human beings are inherently good. They're not reading Romans chapter three. Romans three ten says, "There's none righteous, no, not one," and it says very clearly that there's none that seek after Him. You know. People that preach that human beings seek after God are not reading Romans 3. They're not reading Romans 9. They're not reading John 6 where it says that none comes to the Father. None, none of, nobody comes to Jesus unless the Father draws them. Um, go check out John six thirty-seven through 40. You know, God works on a person's heart first. And then people repent and believe. Now, people form their theologies based on their own personal experience. They're like, well, I chose to accept Christ. Yeah, because God was working on your heart first. So, anyway. But there will be people that don't like what you believe. Number two, we need to put God first. I was reading... Let me go back and read verse 37 and 38. It says, he who loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And he who loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And he who does not take his cross and follow me after me is not worthy of me. Let me read verse 39 too. He who finds his life will lose it, but he who loses his life for my sake will find it. As much as you love your family, as much as you love your friends, as much as you love your co-workers, God has to come first. And that can be difficult at times. 
it's it's not easy. We have to put the will of God ahead of every single person in our lives. I'm going to go back to I wasn't going to here we are. Page 295 of Sproul's. Jesus' followers must love him more than they love their own mothers and fathers, their own sons and daughters. We must be willing to sacrifice these relationships for him. Furthermore, we must be willing to sacrifice our own lives. Martin Luther exhorted believers, uh, quote, Let goods and kindred go, this mortal life also. I mean, I don't want to think about a day that will come that being a Christian could be considered a crime. But it's possible. It really is genuinely possible. And we have to be prepared. I pray that never happens. I really do pray that that never happens. But it could and we need to pray and ask God for strength. Um, number three, differences in the body of Christ. Now, where are we? Page 295. Um, I'm trying to figure out what I was going to share. <laughs> Um, I'm trying to I wrote down a page number and then I'm like what was I going to share oh yeah here we are Um, again we were this is out of Sproul's commentary again we are reminded that the apostles were vested with Jesus own authority such that those who received them and believed their message were receiving Christ himself but Jesus cautioned the apostles not to let their authority go to their heads, but to remember to serve even the little ones, even the seemingly insignificant believers. Now, there's another aspect to that I want to talk about because I looked in commentaries and I didn't see a whole lot about it. But I do believe that Within the body of Christ, we can have our differences. We need to be more cordial about it. We need to be more um, accepting of others and agree to disagree. Some Christians worship in churches that have stained glass, and some don't. Some Christians are diehard Calvinists, and some are diehard Arminians, and others believe there's... Christians out there that are they won't trust any Bible except for the King James and it's become a tradition within the body of Christ um, some are very die hard and they you know women are supposed to wear dresses and have long hair and dancing is bad and um, 
we can get we can build up traditions of our own uh, easily, and we have to um, recognize that in our lives and make sure that everything we do and everything we say matches up with scripture. Um, if it seems like I'm rushing, uh, I am, and I apologize ahead of time. Uh, I've got a lot of things going on I need to take care of. Um, but I, I can't stress enough that we have to, more than anything else, to dig into the Word and look for answers in the Bible. Because whether you're a, a Bible scholar or a pastor or a, a teacher or wherever you are, and we're all deep down inside still have a sinful nature and we have to um, trust in the Bible. We have to look to it for answers. And we have to renew our renew our mind, as it says in Romans twelve two. Um, so I, I would just encourage you. I know that we're coming up to the end of the year, we're going to start a new year. I I've been I've I've done this many times. I'm gonna I'm gonna do it again next year. Um, uh, next year I'm going to use the the ESV, but if you read four chapters a day of the Bible, you can get through the Bible in 11 months, and I want to do that because I want to be a man committed to reading the scriptures, making it the foundation for my life, so I know we haven't even gone 20 minutes, I know this is going to be a short podcast, uh, but thank you to those who have been faithful um, next week we'll be on Matthew 11, depending on how far we get on Tuesday with the video. Um, I apologize if you feel shortchanged. Uh, I just have got a lot going on tonight and things I need to take care of. So I love you guys. And I, uh, oh, don't forget Saturday, I'll do another video on sanctification until then have a great week.